0: You are listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. For more information about the Pursuit of Manliness or find out about the herd, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. Well, men, it's Friday, and we're once again out in the garage. Uh, We do this every Friday. We're walking through the Bible left to right. We're taking chunks of Scripture. We're in Genesis. We've been doing that for a number of weeks. We're taking chunks of Scripture. And I call it chunks because we're not reading verse by verse. But we will essentially give a summation of the chapter and an application thereof. So, The Pursuit of Manliness has three podcasts, essentially, in one. On Monday, those are typically interviews. And so, you can expect to hear from somebody uh, who's doing something, who's a part of something, who is, um, you know, maybe, maybe they wrote a book, maybe they have a ministry, maybe they have, you know, something that we just find interesting. And some of those people, honestly, I didn't know about and until I interview them. People will reach out and say, hey, I got this guy, I think he'd be a great fit for your show. And you kind of read through the notes or look through like their, their press kit, whatever, and think, I think that'll work. And so as you're learning about them, sometimes I'm learning about them as well. So that's Monday. On Wednesday, we do a Quiet Life podcast and it's based on First Thessalonians 4, 11 to 12, aspire to live a quiet life, mind your own affairs, work with your hands, be dependent upon nobody. So the heart of that podcast is we're trying to equip ourselves, myself included, to live a quiet life. And what does that look like? And we talk about a variety of things, but again, that's that's the primary focus. And then on, on Friday, we do out in the garage. It's me standing out here, literally out in my garage, my car's right there, Um you know, there's a whole bunch of junk around I me. Mean, you guys that have been to my house, you've seen the garage. You know, it's literally a corner in the garage. And the heart of this is to equip us in the Word of God to to live this out. Again, we got three podcasts, hopefully all moving us the same direction. We want to become uh, we want to become men of God who are in the Word of God, being changed by the presence of God. And that's why the the, the catch the hook, whatever you want to call it, for a long time has been vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. That's it. And so, uh, we're on Fridays, that's what we're doing, Genesis 41. But before we get into that, I want to remind you, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I announced on the podcast that we have a new sponsor, uh, still with Armor Nation, but Dark Water. So now we have two sponsors of the podcast. And this is Dark Water Wood. Doug Cole of Dark Water Wood. Uh, Doug Cole makes all kinds of things. But what he's offering to you guys is... off of your beard oil purchase if you use the code PURSUE, all capital letters, P-U-R-S-U-E, when you check out. So 20% off your beard oil purchase. What you're going to find is Doug does a whole lot more than beard oil, but the beard oil is fantastic. As we were talking through, okay, what could this sponsorship look like? How does this how could this best suit the guys who listen to the show or engage with the content or who are it within the communities? One of the the common narratives, not all, but one that's pretty common is we have a pretty high thread count when it comes to the bearded men uh, connected to this, this podcast. So I know not all you guys are bearded men. I get that, so I'm not trying to leave you out. I will say this: as we get into November, a lot of guys will start to do the no-shave November, and you try to grow out a beard, or and it gets itchy. I just, I've I've been there. I get it. This will help. This will help with your skin. I I promise. And this is a great scent. So this one in particular is vanilla tobacco. Vanilla tobacco. It smells fantastic. And and if you're going to wear a beard oil, you don't want it to be greasy. You want it to work like it's supposed to. And again, it it works for your skin more than your beard itself. And I want it to smell good. My wife loves it, so that's a huge plus. As a matter of fact, she loves all the scents uh, from Dark Water that I have here. My daughter's approved it as well. You don't need to worry about that. But it's really good stuff, and it's really worth uh, what Doug is doing. It's high quality. Um, And so I would also say we're getting close to that time of year where you're going to have to consider uh, stocking stuffers and stuff like that. And maybe you got a guy... You'd say, man, that dude will never listen to your show. He'll never go to a church. He's not going to go to a men's ministry thing, but he does got some facial hair. This would be a way that you might just crack that door open just a little bit more, give him some, some beard oil, save some money. Uh, again, this is vanilla. To- this one's vanilla tobacco. He's got several other scents. They're all good. And I know all the cool kids uh, smoke cigars to the glory of God uh, because Charles Spurgeon said that. So you can buy some beard oil to the glory of God in do, uh, do good that way too. So Genesis chapter 41, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Joseph's been uh, sitting in prison, sitting in prison, waiting for his time. Now, we talked last time about uh, the cupbearer and, and, and the, 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 the baker coming to Joseph, and they both had dreams. And they were kind of a mess, and Joseph's like, well, tell me your dreams. They told him the dreams, and Joseph was like, here's what's going to happen. Baker, you're out. Cupbearer, you're going to get your job back. And when you do, and please don't forget me. Like, please let them know, like, I'm not supposed to be here. Just get me out of here. He doesn't say, I want to live with you. He doesn't say, can you find me a place to live? He just says, get me out of here. I'm sure Joseph's intent is, if I get out of here, I'm running straight back home. I, I'm, all I want to do is go home. And maybe you've been in situations like that. You've traveled for a long period of time. Maybe you were at college or in the military, and all you wanted to do was just get home. And I'm sure that's, that's how Joseph feels right now. The problem is the Bear has just forgotten for two years. Two years. I don't know how steadfast you are with things. But I question if I could, with a good heart and a good attitude, endure this situation for two whole years. There's no more promotion. Nobody's coming to get him. You're in a crummy location. You are utterly forgotten. He's literally forgotten. The only person that hasn't forgotten him uh, would be God. His dad thinks he's dead. The brothers think they got rid of him. The cupbearer, he's on doing his own deal. The baker's dead. Nobody's looking for this guy, right? And so here he is. It, you know, Potiphar puts him in there. Potiphar's not concerned with him. He's a slave. He's like, that guy tried to, tried to go home my back to get my wife. He ain't, he ain't concerned about him. So after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. I'm not going to get into these dreams. They're essentially the same thing twice. The dream is this. There is a severe famine, and it really rocks Pharaoh. How do I know this really rocks Pharaoh? Well, number one, he calls for people to interpret the dream, which is not uncommon in scripture. I do believe that God does use our sleep and our rest and our dreams to get to us in a different way than when we're upright. You see, when we lay down on our back or on our side or on your stomach, however you sleep, I don't care, and please don't tell me. However you go to bed at night, you're all we're all kind of vulnerable and yet equal at the same time, aren't we? That rest does something, right? Whatever, wherever you parked your car during the day, doesn't matter. Whatever's in your bank account doesn't matter. Whatever's in your refrigerator doesn't matter. Whatever's happening in your fancy football or whatever's going on in your hobbies, it doesn't matter. At that point, we're all kind of level, literally. And I think God uses dreams and uses rest to really speak to us in unique ways. And He definitely does that in Scripture. The second thing is this. Most of the time we will say often in Scripture, when people had a dream, they obviously want it interpreted, but they would also be curious about those who are going to interpret the dream. Pharaoh goes right into this, verse 8. So in the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called all the magicians of Egypt. He says, round them up. I need them. I want every single one. I don't want the best. I want them all. I don't want any guy that, that we, we overlook. So get them all, and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. You know, sometimes you have a dream and you say, what in the world was that? And you tell nobody because you're like, that is just bizarre. Okay, it's just a bizarre dream. It, it makes no sense. And you're like, that's so weird. But then you have some dreams that you're like, whoa. I mean, I just, I just want to run this by you. You have some dreams that the next night you stuff your Bible under your pillow. And you're like, okay, I, I need to keep that thing as close to my brain as possible. Pharaoh has a dream that he calls everybody. Come on, come on, come on. Let me tell you these dreams. He has two dreams. And they're essentially, again, a warning. There's a famine coming in the land. Verse 9, the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offense today. That's a nervy statement. Because what you don't want to do is remind the guy who threw you into prison why he threw you into prison. These guys are irrational, to say the least. And the cupbearer says, I feel like I need to tell you something. Remember that time that you threw me and the baker into prison? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there's a guy there, and he interpreted our dreams, and I think he might just be the guy you were looking for. Verse 14, Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. Literally out of the pit. You ever been in the pit? He brings him out of the pit. And when he has shaved himself, maybe he had a little thread count going himself. When he has shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Here's what they're going to do. They're not going to allow no prisoner to show up in no prison garb to stand in front of Pharaoh. They're going to dress him up. They're going to dress him up in an appropriate fashion to stand before Pharaoh. And I'm going to say, while this could be a relief for Joseph to get out of the pit, it would also be terrifying and maybe a little bit embarrassing. You know, they're probably going to wear him in some garb that he's like, I can't believe I have to wear this. And are they fixing on killing me? And what if I can't interpret the dream? Or what if I tell him what the dream is and he doesn't like it? And he, I mean, this is terrifying. There's almost at times safety in the pit, isn't there? You've been in the pit and you say, well, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this thing. I don't know how this thing turns out, but at least I know what I know. Joseph, I don't think he's comfortable in the pit, but at least he knows what he knows. At least he's at the top when guys come in, when guys go, when they die, when it, whatever. I mean, now he's being brought out. Pharaoh told him the the dream and says, you can't interpret it. I got word that you can interpret it. I imagine the cupbearer is just trembling with his cup. I wonder if Joseph and the cupbearer make eye contact. If Joseph looks at that cupbearer and thinks, What happened? What happened? I told you to come back and get me. I didn't do you any wrong. And you, you, two years, 24 months, I just sit in that pit. I wonder if the cupbearer cup thinks, Man, is this guy gonna get back at me? What if he does something so bizarre? What if he says, like, I'm the problem? You know, like this thing can unravel pretty quickly if God doesn't intervene in this. Joseph answered, Pharaoh, it is not me. And at the time, the cupbearer just takes off running. The cupbearer says, I'm clocking out. I have vacation coming. I'm getting out of here. I might as well pack my bags. He's updating his life insurance plan. Joseph says, not me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. That's a bold move when you don't know the, the dream. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, the dream. He begins to unpack the dream, and he'll go on and continue to do this. Joseph tells him in verse 32, the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. He says, you got warned twice. I'm essentially telling you the third time there is a famine. It will be severe. And God has given you a heads up. You're going to have seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. Pharaoh says, don't like that. I don't like that. So what he's going to do is he's essentially going to put... Joseph, number two in all of Egypt. He got a promotion. He's going to get a wife. He's going to have some kids. He's going to eat food. He's going to get to see the sunshine. He's going to get to go for walks. He can do whatever he wants. I always wonder, like, what did Potiphar think? Or did he even know? Potiphar's like, so so what now? What's going on? Remember that guy who used to live in your house? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's number two. I don't know if Potiphar had any idea that his wife was doing what she did. I don't know if Joseph and Potiphar have a conversation. It really doesn't matter to the story, does it? Here's my point. Let's not miss what happens in Joseph. For two years, God is working on his heart. For two years, God is working on his mind. For two years, God is working on his ears. He's going to listen better. Those are three areas that are really hard To have worked on your heart, your mind, and your ears. First thing Joseph's gonna do is give glory to God once he gets out. I can't do this, but God can. Heart, mind, ears. I just wonder how many times, I'll say myself, how many times I have been in situations that I thought, God, I want you to fix that. Why don't you why don't you change that? God, why don't this seems so obvious that this should go a different direction. God, this doesn't even seem fair that I have to keep enduring this or dealing with this or wondering about this or whatever it is. It's as if that quiet voice of the Lord says, because I'm doing something and I need you to be prepared. I need you to grow. I need you to mature. I got to believe after two years, because based on what we know of Joseph, after two years, he's a different man than he was 24 months earlier. I guess that's our challenge today. In 24 months, would you be a different man? In 24 months, will you be a different guy? I hope in 2024 that I'm not the same guy I am today. As a matter of fact, there's some things that I'm aspiring to or things that I'm working on or things areas I'm trying to grow. As a matter of fact, in my journal, when I write in it, I write some things down and I write down a year. That year is a target year. That year is a reminder. It's not about 22. I'm thinking about this. Now, What will God do something by then? I don't know. Is God doing something now? Yeah, I believe He absolutely is. And I believe He's doing it in your life as well. You see, sometimes these things haven't happened because our character isn't ready for this yet. If Joseph, as soon as he gets kicked out of Potiphar's house, as soon as he gets put in this pit, as soon as he's got, if if these things happen, I don't know if Joseph's ready to be Number two in Egypt. I don't know if he's ready to lead. I mean, if you know the story, and a lot of you probably do, then you know that his brothers are going to come to town looking for food. That's a whole other mess. I don't think Joseph's ready for that at this point. He will be by the time they show up to his doorstep. He'll be a different man. He'll be a different leader. And he'll understand God's grace and mercy in a much different way. And perhaps that's what God's trying to do with us. A verse that I... I love, it was a number of years ago, I've shared this a couple times, I had just turned 40. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, what are you doing? I thought some things would look different. I thought I would be different. I thought I'd be more mature. I thought I would, you know, have have my bearings in different ways. And I think every time you hit a different decade, that kind of happens. But this is a verse that I've considered uh, time and time again. And I was reading through Scripture, and I just came to this verse. It's not that I hadn't read it before, but I looked at it in a completely different way. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you. How has the Lord your God led you? How has He gone before you? How has He provided for you? How has He protected you? Maybe we just need to pause for a minute and go, I probably need to think about that. He said, these 40 years in the wilderness. At that time, I felt a little bit in the wilderness. God said, I, I've taken care of you. Have I, have, have I failed you yet? No, you have not failed me. Okay. That He might humble you. Oh, you, we, we got that one. That He's testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. You see, sometimes God hasn't given you the Ferrari dream that you want because He knows you can't handle the Ferrari itself. He hasn't given you the mansion dream you want because you can't handle the mansion yourself. God may never give you the Ferrari, the mansion, the what, the beach house or whatever the thing is. He might say, I need to shape your heart so that you see this is better. He might need to be working on your mind. So he says, I need you to start thinking differently. You're, you're still too consumed with yourself right now. You're still You're still too focused on the things you want. Maybe he's got to shape your heart because he says you're still too angry or bitter or unrepentant or you lack the willingness to forgive or whatever it is. Maybe there's some things for you and I that He's got to work on our heart and our mind and our ears. Maybe He says, you know what? You still don't listen well. You don't listen to other people. And you don't listen to me very well. Maybe that's what God's trying to do. I want you to consider this. Whatever day you're listening to this, this podcast or you're watching this video, whether it's the day it comes out or not, it doesn't matter. In two years, in two years, what kind of man do you want to be? Not necessarily talking about career or savings account, whatever. Not that those things are wrong. And you can write those down. Hey, I, 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 I want to have this degree or I want to be at this place. Two years now. In, in some instances, you say two years is just not enough time to do. Uh, but two years. What kind of man of God do you want to be? What kind of disciplines do you want to, have, want to have incorporated into your life? How do you want to live? How do you want to carry yourself? How do you want to listen How do you want to speak? How do you want to serve? You want to hoard money? You want to give it away? You're going to tithe? You're going to worship? Like, what is it? Just just think about that. Think of a a, a broad picture here. Maybe you spend some time and you write in a journal. Maybe you write in a note card. Or maybe you write some letters out like I do on mine and then put a year there and say, that's my reminder that when I write this, that I'm reminding myself of this. In two years, what kind of man of God do you want to be? And what will it take to get there? Check that out. Genesis chapter 41, or Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. Men, I appreciate you all. I'll talk to you in a bit. Once again, thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. If you would, make sure you visit iTunes and leave a five-star review. Again, for more information or find out more information about the herd, visit thepursuitofmanliness.com.